Hello and welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Andrew. I'm Emily. And I'm Mike. Hi, Mike. Hi. Was that right? Did I do it right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would say that sounded right. I, you, that is your name, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty okay. sure. Now, are you Mike or Mike from Mike and Mike's Guitar oh, Bar? Oh, uh, very good question. I was the second one. You were, um, Oh, there was actually an order? Well, alphabetically, I'm the first, but as far as who who owned most of the company, I was the second. I was nice. the lesser shareholder, which is not not a complaint by any mean. That's just huh. just the fact of the matter. So yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, to clarify for everybody, this is Mike Adams, um, who, if you're from the Pacific Northwest, you may know from Mike and Mike's Guitar Bar, uh, an excellent shop in Fremont, just north of uh, the main part of Seattle. I, I guess that's the best way to say that still. Mm-hmm. It's where all the hipsters reside. I, I take umbrage with that. It didn't always be so hipstery. <laughs> didn't you didn't used to be so hipstery. What even is a hipster? If we're going <laughs> to... It's so nebulous and ill-defined. Anybody can be anything. It's... <laughs> Well, I hipster is mean, really just the term that's hijacked the the spirit of rock and roll. I think the whole anti mainstream. Thanks, Mark Ignisi. They've always <laughs> been, they've always been hipsters. Always. Oh, Mark, oh, I love him. He's actually one of my favorite people, and I haven't seen him in years, but he's he's really cool. Nice. Yeah, different different than the uh, persona he puts on for the internet. And he's a great salesman. I, I stopped in a Norm's once just to pop my head in. And within half an hour, he had me seriously considering spending a couple of grand and figuring out how I was going to explain that one. Um, That's his spiritual gift. He just, it, I was like, I, I don't even have a couple grand. How, how does he talk me into this? It, it was just, it was a great experience. He's a great guy. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I love good salespeople, man. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, thanks for coming on, Mike. Um, so before the show started, you were telling us about some drink you had. Oh yeah, well I'm right now. I'm enjoying uh, the work of the Belching Beaver Brewery. Uh, I think they're out of Southern California, although I'm not seeing it on the label. Oceanside, California, um, uh, and I'm having their delicious peanut butter milk stout which genuinely does taste like peanut butter and is great in beer floats. If you're that kind, it's a, it's a dessert that I highly recommend. Mm. I second that recommendation. Have you guys ever had a boozy, um, like root beer float? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I hate root beer, something crazy, but it's funny. What? It's well, what, what I like about root beer floats is that the ice cream cuts the sweetness of the root beer? Because mm-hmm, root beer is just mm-hmm. so sweet. It's yeah. yeah, but it's just like the the pure taste of diabetes going straight down the gullet. I mean, there, you just can't beat that. Oh, Wilford. <laughs> the whole Wilford. Oh, Wilford. <laughs> uh, fixture of our lives, Wilford uh. Brimley. And what's that company that does that pedal that has him on it? Noise FX or something? Noise kick. FX. Noise kick. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I've I've liked some of what I've seen from them, and I've really not liked liked some other things from them. But you should talk. We we should all talk to Joe Braga about. She had them do something custom for them 
they have an enclosure that's like a cat shooting like laser beams out of laser eyeballs. Eyes, yeah, yeah. and she had them make one that was like an Ottawa. Oh, nice! Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, and then you have to hit on one of the buttons to feed the kitty. And <laughs> I don't know, I don't know the way she the way she tells the story is is special. Like I love Joe, and like that creativity is why. <laughs> <laughs> Before okay, so. Oh, uh, you can go ahead. I was just going to uh, declare my love for um, Brian from Small Sound, Big Sound and his embrace of uh, custom enclosures, Ooh. having him do, uh, uh, oh, I can't say it, the F overdrive, the F-U-C-K <laughs> overdrive, um, having him doing one of those with Ralphie from A Christmas Story <gasps> on the front of it for me. It's And I had him adjust the name so it just says F dash dash dash. And it's it's one of the best pedals I've ever owned. It's still the thing that doesn't leave my board. But like, just the fact that I could pay him a little extra and he would do something really stupid for me uh, just made me so happy. Yeah, I love so, that. The fudge. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Only I didn't say. <laughs> Only I didn't say fudge. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Before we get too far away from that belching beaver, I have a very brief story yes, about please. that peanut butter milk stout and my first encounter with it. Uh, I a good friend of mine lives down in uh, the OC. My friend James, he was telling me about this peanut butter milk stout, and I was just thinking that sounds really strange. He's like, "No, no, no I've, I've got something special that I do with it," and he brought it over with uh, the uh, Lindemann's Frambois, which is a raspberry Belgian beer, and we mixed it together. And it tasted like PB and J in a beer. Oh, it was phenomenal. I've done that a couple of times since, and yeah, oh. every time I if, if I'm walking around Bevmo looking for something special, that's definitely. Oh, that sounds so good! It's so good. <sighs> that's incredible. You know, uh, one of my favorite tricks is to go to Five Guys and get a burger. Ooh. But the real reason I'm there, well, I love their burgers, but the real Fries. reason I'm there is the Coke Freestyle <gasps> Machine. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. And I always used to mix uh, orange flavored Coke and vanilla flavored Coke, and it came out just like an orange creamsicle. That sounds nice. Um, <laughs> they have those at Taco Time now. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm spoiled. I have that in my cafeteria at work. What? Yeah. First of all, cool that your work has a cafeteria. Yeah, mine does not. Mine, well, mine technically does since I work from home. Same. So. <laughs> <laughs> my oh, cafeteria I'd, I'd rather work from is limited home. by my husband's Costco <laughs> excursions. And it's stocked with my favorite foods. <laughs> it's like, why is why do I have 500 packets of ginger turmeric tea? Why? Because it's good. Oh, so many packets of the same tea, dude. Why do I have a hundred Kodiak cake uh, waffles in my freezer right now? Oh my gosh. You know, I I had the realization like a couple of months ago. I was like, how have I accumulated like five boxes of Kodiak cakes? Mm. I was like looking through the pantry because I I live in a small little apartment and I'm like running out of space. Like where where did all the space go? I never realized an entire shelf is Kodiak cakes. Are you doomsday prepping? What are you doing? Just forget that you buy it and buy more. Oh, <laughs> I just I just want you to know that as soon as you said doomsday, all I could see was uh, uh, Alex. What's his face from? Um, oh, goodness. He's the the water's turning the frogs gay guy. What? 
Oh, that horrible person. Yeah. Whose name I shan't speak. Oh, come on. I'm going to bleep that, Andrew. (laughs) Do it. Bleep. His name does not deserve to be spoken in the air. If ever there were anything bleep worthy. But every time I hear Doomsday, I I hear his name or I hear uh, another uh, Fox News host name who um, is very strange. That. And like, yeah. We'll just leave it at that. Holy box of pants faucets i hate him yeah wow that was that's what i associate with doomsday does that make me weird no no i mean he'll his presence merely heralds the impending demise of society it's okay he's one of those it's a logical thing yeah i also (laughs) associate him with alcoholism just you just by looking (laughs) at him who i'm also gonna bleep Everybody listening to this is just going to want to know who we're talking about. Uh, uh, they can they can fill in the blanks. They can make assumptions about our political affiliations. And PJW, that guy's out of his mind. I'm not going to say his. <laughs> oh no, I I know I know who you're talking about. No, oh good, uh, you get it. The uh, acronym, yeah, yeah. I, unfortunately, I'm going to go back to alcohol. I'm drinking. Uh, I, uh, um, a su- I bought uh, to get my Amazon Prime delivery minimum. I bought a bottle of Skinny Girl Margarita. It's what fine. Is that? It's like a margarita in a bottle. It's kind of like it's almost like a wine cooler. It's fine. I love wine coolers. Let's, me too. Yeah. Costco has my favorite wine cooler margarita. It's just the Kirkland brand. I have never had them. Regretfully. It's fine. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get on that. I'm sorry. I want I want to meet you. I want to play with you in this space, but I have no context. It pairs so well sorry. with Trader Joe's tamales. Now Ooh. those I do love. Oh yeah, and that elote. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They also have the best frozen mac and cheese I have ever eaten that, in my life. That I believe. They have the best pot pies I've ever eaten in my life. That's what I had for dinner. Uh, welcome was to the, our Trader Joe's fan cast. My, it was the uh, the steak and stout pie. Oh, that sounds nice. My my ex boyfriend yeah, always liked to retell a joke that his friend told, and the the entirety of the joke was chicken pot pie. My three favorite things. <laughs> That's not bad. I should. Not. <laughs> it reminds me of that SNL Sean Connery joke. Um, uh, yeah, Celebrity Jeopardy. Oh, Jeopardy. yeah. Uh, uh, the answer is cocktails. Ah, my two favorite words. <laughs> <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Dishes. Dishes who? Dishes Sean Connery. <laughs> this is Sean Connery. <laughs> I feel like the accent was backwards on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is Sean Connery. No, this is Sean Connery. All right, friends. Uh, weird. Is that all that getting cut out? No. No. That's the best part. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I guess I'm the last one to go for uh, for the drinks. I'm uh, My dad was just in town, and we picked up uh, a British beer. Uh, fun fact, I used, when I was a kid, I lived in England. And I didn't drink beer at that time because I was a little kid. Um, but my, my dad did. And since I've become of age, my dad's shared some of his favorite brews from from mm. England with me. And so that's what we did this last visit. We picked up uh, an old speckled hen, which <laughs> there is 
there's very little hop to it's almost entirely malt when it's <laughs> nitro that is the very most british sp- name i've ever heard that is it is yeah so it's a very delightful smooth creamy very appley kind of delightful yeah it's a beer hmm. it's a so. beer all of your kind of tastes the same to me hmm. i'm sorry bless your soul my my problem is I'm not a cheap as I'm not a cheap drunk and not because of anything to do with being a heavyweight because I'm not it's because I'm a snob. <laughs> no, same here. Yeah, that's a yeah. I I can't drink anything that's uh like a bud or uh, a natty light or, or yeah I'm gonna get, any of those. They, I'm gonna get thrown out of Seattle for there. this, but I can't. Shh, I can't shh, save yourself. I can't, shh. I can't do Rainier. Oh, you did it. Do it. Oh my god. I don't live there anymore. I don't have to pretend. I hate that stuff. It's just uh, (laughs) it tastes like soggy Cheerios. I have so much Rainier merch. You have no idea. (laughs) I have a dope Rainier rain jacket and several shirts and stuff. Ugh. I mean the logo's (laughs) cool. I'll give it that. I like driving down. Driving down the five, which I will continue to call it the five. Oh, son of a bitch. Um, yeah. The. I five. No. It's, it's the five. No, it's the five. Oh, my God. You, California. <laughs> That's every episode. Someone has to do that voice. and It's never Andrew. I know. I heard that the last episode, so that's why I did that. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to keep the, the joy the alive. Theme. The theme. Right on, man. Right on, dude. All right. That's excellent. Tubular. <laughs> now, boys. Nobody talks like Ninja Turtles oh, down here. Yeah. It's so disappointing. Oh, man. It's depressing walking around here, and no one's like, how oh, Calbunga, how's it going, brah? No one. Nobody. It's the worst. Man, that'd be like if you went to Minnesota and didn't hear anybody <laughs> talking that accent. I went to that state once and uh, ordered a, co- a large Coke, and they said, "No, we only we only serve mini sodas." Oh, that's very good. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that's that I just now good. got that. <sighs> that's the kind of clean humor that I really appreciate. <laughs> All right, John Worcester. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you uh, you ever try stand up? You could really. Go toe to toe with uh, the likes of uh, Wahoo, who is a clean comedian. Jim Gaffigan. No, he's not. Is he clean? No, he's not. He's mostly clean. Eh. I don't know. I I watched his last stand up special, and I was there's a couple of cringy moments where he he pushed the boundaries of what I think it's is okay for a, a white guy to say on the topic of race. Boy, oh boy, Jim! Never thought I'd uh, be in the year 2019 and hear about Jim Gaffigan pushing boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> The same guy who had a whole thing about Hot Pockets is now the guy we go to. Oh, I want to hear his thoughts on race. Mm -mm. Oh, that's what I want from Jim Gaffigan. Okay. I mean, good for him for expanding his thing that he does. It was relatively mild. I've heard, I mean, there's much worse uh, out of other stand-up comedians. It's just enough to make me go, is that okay? I don't know. How do I feel about that? I don't know. Oh, so I was thinking the other day racism seems pretty bad, huh? Is it that? <laughs> is it like that? No, no. He was talking back? about uh, his, he's talking about a family trip. They took to, uh, to Asia. 
Oh, yeah, I'll pass on that. I don't even have to imagine how off that probably was. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I mean, my wife's Asian American. We were both laughing pretty hard. Mm. Um, (laughs) But we were also like, we were also like doing the whole look at each other going like, wait, is this funny? (laughs) But it's funny. But is it? Are we okay with laughing? I know, we kind of just laughed it through, and I don't think we've talked about it since. <laughs> See, that part's even funnier, uh, is when you have to look at each other and go like, can I, can I laugh? Is this okay? This? Is this funny? It's everyone's like in the room, and they're all just looking at your wife. Like, is, is this funny? <laughs> is this, can we oh, man. <laughs> <sighs> I, uh, I, I have this story. So I have um, Tourette's syndrome, which is a very mild case that usually manifests as like motor tics. Um, and most of my friends know, because if I have a motor tick, everyone's like, why are you shaking? That's weird. So anyway, I was, I was in a group of people and it was movie night and we were like, let's watch what about Bob. And there's like a good like four minute chunk of that movie. That's like just screaming swear words. And everybody in the room slowly (laughs) turned around (laughs) to look at me and they're like, is is this funny? Can I, can I laugh at this? Is that okay? And I didn't oblige them. I didn't just sat there because that was funnier to me. Just stood there stone face and let them all like just turn cold sweat. Yeah. They're trying not to laugh. If he's smiling, it's okay. We can laugh then. Is he smiling? I can't tell if he's smiling. It's great. That's a little. It's great. Wait, no, no. It's a frown. It's a frown. It's a frown. Hold down. Hold your fire. Hold your fire. Oh my God. Jim, don't laugh. Don't laugh at Bill Murray. (laughs) I thought we were friends. Yeah, man. Baby step. Yeah. Wielding power, huh? Yeah. That's kind of like, it reminds me of how um, in gear groups, I get tagged in everything that anyone thinks might be sexist. <laughs> Just like people have here, they're like, someone said something sexist, Emily, get up. Like, well, stop tagging me in this. <laughs> yes, I've seen- Oh, so they, they're, they're, they're calling on you to sick them and not know. to like confirm whether or not it is or is not. Sexist. I don't. I, I think it's the sick them thing, but that doesn't. I'm not sure how much. Yeah, sometimes it's literally <laughs> yeah. tagging my name. I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do with this. I get that a lot, but for um, uh, guitar problems, like like there's a guy a couple weeks ago who tagged me in a picture of a. A guitar that clearly needed a setup. And this dude was like, oh, I can't wait to hear what this guy's going to have to say. Mike's going to like tear you apart. You need to take care of your equipment. And I just like slowly backed away. I was like, I don't want to be in this scene. I would like to remove myself from this conversation. (laughs) Untag myself from the photo. That's my favorite thing on Instagram. And Facebook too. I've untagged myself. (laughs) Like, man, bye. Nope. Nope. You know what I do love about Facebook is that feature that, um, what was it? What's the time thing where it like shows you a post from 10 years oh, ago yeah. and then you get to go, oh, I'm going to delete that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't even do that. I don't know how people start that. I wouldn't know how to start that. I just don't do it. Every once in a while, my husband would be like, oh, look, and he'll show me some picture of, like, I, the other day, I think it was, um, we were high fiving above a sign that said parking five. great i do remember that (laughs) but that's that's not something to commemorate (laughs) once again that's a pretty wholesome joke though and i really appreciate that's my husband (laughs) my husband's a wholesome joke Mm. and a whole snack (laughs) 
That is a total snack. Well, I'm just going to back away slowly. <laughs> oh. And I'm going to untag myself from this thread. <laughs> You'd like to remove yourself you from this can't. You're a co-host. You're not allowed. <sighs> you have a hat. Yeah, I, I, I do have a hat. I've been wearing the hat. Nice. I got my new hat and I got that... Um, I got that. I made myself a get offset tank top just so I could wear it to the gym. <laughs> oh, I saw your gym selfies earlier. That's a good move. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. <laughs> I would also do that, but the slight problem is, is I don't go to the gym. Ah, you should come to my boxing so. gym sometime. The first hit's free. <laughs> that's a great promotion. Isn't it? That's what caught me. That, that's, that's really in- inviting. This week's episode yeah, is sponsored I'll, I'll by be... Title Boxing in Greenwood. Come say hi to Natalie. I'll, oh, I'll be there in twenty twenty three. Oh, I miss Greenwood. Oh, Greenwood's the it's great. I like Greenwood. I like visiting up there. I don't know if I could live on that side of Seattle. Why? Where are you, Andrew? I, I'm in Issaquah oh, area, like way on the other side. You Although by the time theater. I'm wait, I, sorry, I didn't catch that. I'm sorry. I said, you've got that great theater. I do. Yeah. So I'm over in that neck of the woods, the specific part of which I will not share, but I'm in, I'm in a neck and there are potentially woods. Mm. So there's it down nicely. It, it does. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a nice area. It's quiet. It's close enough for me to get to the city. The 90 is, uh, almost never terribly backed up. So I've got a straight shot to Seattle most of the time. Uh, every time you do that, I can feel like these cringes radiating from Emily's little like line that tells me that she's speaking on this app. This is amazing. My, my coworkers give me, give me a lot of trouble for that because a bunch of them are, you know- Native. I'm going to give you a pass because even when I moved to the South, I refused to call all pop Coke. I just call it pop. And they'd be like, you either call it Coke or soda. I'm like, it's pop. It's soda. No, it's pop. I I have very strong feelings about this subject, uh, which okay. I, I might levy uh, if the podcast would allow me to. Uh, and just briefly, I'll narrow it down for you. Uh, not all soda is Coke. Let's let's just put that to bed. I get the colloquialism. I understand that, but it, Pepsi is not Coke, not at all. It has the, it has that subtle hint of lime that just ugh, grosses me the out. Pepsi. Well, it. it just makes it that much more difficult for me to, for them to get my order right because if I order a Coke and a Coke, I end up getting two sodas. But if I order a soda and a line of Coke, then I get what I want. So. <laughs> You make me edit out the F word, but you just made a cocaine joke. That's amazing. Duh. You know how, how much I had to edit that last episode? <laughs> I had to edit it three times because every time I'd be like, I think I got all the swears, but I just gloss over them in my brain. <laughs> it's like autocorrecting. It's like, oh, yeah, that's just how people talk. You should have. You should have had me do it. Goody good Christian me who would never swear. Never. Never ever. swear. Never. I've never in my life. In fact, every time I hear one, I, I um I yeah, I, I go to purgatory for another year. Every time I hear a swear, I ball myself up like a hedgehog and roll off into the distance. <laughs> because that's how life works. All right. 
shall we get into the topic, friends? Yeah. Uh, we shall. Do we want to talk about sponsors real quick? Do we? Do we? We probably talk should. about sponsors then, Andrew. Well, do you want to talk about the uh, the offset special real quick <clears throat> and the sponsors we've got for that? I'm gonna be honest. I don't know what you're talking about. The the pink offset build you just did with Lambertones and Guns. Oh shoot! Yeah, I am so sorry. Uh, um, yes, my <laughs> pot. It's not even my guitar. It's a pawn shop special. That's what yeah, it was. So is it? I thought. I swear it was called the offset special. I think it's called the Fender. Pa- it might be. I don't care. But I did not know what you're talking yeah. about. I'm so sorry. It's the pink one with the green knobs. Yes. Um, so I just want to shout out to uh, Lambertones. This past weekend, I took my uh, pink Fender um, Pawn Shop uh, Offset Special. Actually, I didn't take it anywhere. I took it to my home. It was already at my home. I took it upstairs to my soldering table. And I swapped out the pickups. It had had um, some Fender... Uh, Jazzmaster sized humbuckers in there. I think they're called the JMHBs or something. And they sounded fine mm-hmm. to my ears. But when I found out Curtis was coming out with his own uh, cremas in a Jazzmaster size, I knew I had to have them. So um, I bought some and I reached out to Sean from Gun Street Wiring because I was not about to wire that from scratch myself and he worked with me to create this harness that is it's pretty simple but it also has um on the tone a push pull pot and it kind of has like the jaguar bright on the pool and it was so so easy um the time lapse video of it of the assembly i think is maybe 34 seconds and it felt it felt really fast um and I even had some questions and I messaged Sean about them and he got back to me super quickly, uh, just clarifying one thing. But he changed a, a project that would have had maybe 20 solder points to something that had like maybe five tops. So it, it made it so easy to. So shout out to Curtis. The pickups sound fantastic. Um, and shout out to Sean at Gun Street Wiring. I'm never doing another wiring job without them because I just value my time and he's going to do it better than I could. Like it, I can't believe it's the first time I've ever wired up pickups and had it work pretty much the first time. Yeah. My, my, my dad was just in town. Uh, like I mentioned before, and he brought, he's got a GNL made in Korea, uh, Telecaster, whatever. Uh, I forget what GNL calls it. I'm just going to call it a Tele cause that's what it is. And uh, it, it had the 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 import parts in it, and it just all the cheap little wiring. And so we ripped out all of it entirely and started from scratch. And that took me the better part of an afternoon with my mediocre soldering skills and trying to get. I yeah, there's a couple of kinks I had to work out. And it just ended up turning into way more time planned, which was fine for that specific thing because it was a bonding experience. But good gravy, did that give me a headache? Mm-hmm. I I'm not a professional. Some people here are professionals. That's true, and to the for, to what? them, I, I applaud them. But, what? Uh, what? I yeah. Next, the next time I open up a guitar, there will be a wiring <laughs> harness going inside it. If my budget has anything to say, yeah. About and it. you know, if you do the Curtis ones, I know for the Cremas, um, 
he was selling also uh, pre-wired fit guards. So literally all you would have to do is change the screws. Nice. Right. I'm, I'm holding out for Curtis to do his jazz master pickups. Oh, Cause he's supposed yeah. to be doing this. He's supposed to be making a silent set oh, according to his website wow. and according to conversations I've had nice. with him. And that could be really yeah. cool. If there any is anything is fairy dust magically good as the cremas I've got, cremas, crema, cremas, crema, crema. Say it with us, listeners. saying it wrong. It's crema. Yeah, if if there anything nearly that good, then it's going to be huge improvement over my stock made in Mexico. Yeah, probably. So. Yeah, I just uh, I just want to say that uh, even though <laughs> I might be a uh, professional, uh, I want to say that anything that like <clears throat> takes stress out of your like a guitar maintenance routine is yeah. great, and you should never have to apologize for buying a pre-wired harness. I've done it before, uh, and it's it's wonderful. It's wonderful, especially when you can like really get in there and kind of like think about tweaking uh, like your pot values, things like that. Like that's yeah. great. Why not? I just feel like yeah. I am a, a busy person with many jobs and many hats and anything that like can save me some time. Like I want to have those mm-hmm. personal relationships with my instruments. I don't want to just drop it off somewhere, but I also don't have four hours in an afternoon to devote to troubleshooting <laughs> because like that's complicated stuff and things can go wrong. And um, I don't like swearing at myself. <laughs> well, I don't. I love swearing, just not at me. Yeah, mm. yeah. Be kind. Yeah, self care. It's my version of self yeah. self care. <laughs> it's not spending four hours wiring a harness. Mm. I get that. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. Any other sponsors, all Andrew? Right. Uh, no, I think that's all we've got for this episode. If you if you're listening to this and you want to sponsor. Hit us up. We are always looking for support. It's the sponsors who make this podcast possible. So we appreciate that. Um, Speaking of self-care, I want – this is the first time we've done this, and maybe we probably should have done it in the past. But um, I want to issue a a content warning. Um, Listen, guys, I know people like to make jokes in gear groups about content warnings and being triggered. But it's a real thing. Um, it needs to be handled with some respect. So if you have been in any situation um, that evol- involves abuse of any kind, and that's not something you really are interested in revisiting, if you want to turn off, we totally understand. Um, if you want to keep listening, that's great. Uh, we just want to let you know that's a topic that's going to be um, delved into some in this episode. <clears throat> so... And just to piggyback, uh, just to piggyback on that, it's a, uh, that's like a legitimate like term, like when someone's experienced trauma, that's like a thing. Triggers are an actual legitimate yeah. medical thing. This isn't some sort of a snowflake. Oh, oh I'm triggered. Like, no, it's, this is it's, real. It's, folks, it's so. real. Um, I, yeah, I know people love that meme about the, the trigger girl, but it's a real thing. Um, so, but I just kind of want to talk about this in, in terms of, I know we've talked about Ryan Adams already, but in terms of, of that, so sometimes when we hear these stories, like with Ryan Adams, they bring back these old memories and feelings that we just to protect ourselves um, kind of push aside. And that's why things like 
Me Too happened as a movement. People saw stories that they then relate back to things that happened to them. Um, especially things that you didn't feel able to confront at the time. Maybe someone told you to, to get over it or thought it was, or you thought it was normal, even though it made you feel bad. And then some, somewhere along the way, someone tells you, you know, that's not right. And, and you're validated. Your feelings are valid. Um, because I think so often people are told to just get over it. Um, but that doesn't mean it's okay. And, and that's, what's frustrating to me, a uh, quick tangent about the kind of quote in my day argument just because you had to live with terrible things in your day doesn't mean it was right and it doesn't mean that everyone should have to um i think that we should want to make the world a better and safer place for everyone where everyone should feel safe yeah i that's that's definitely something i am all about so here here yeah dilly dilly oh no um <laughs> so um Sorry. to to kind of get just into the topic a little bit um mike a couple weeks ago i guess on valentine's day or whatever this ryan adams thing came out uh you, you that was on like valentine's that. day yeah it was <sighs> i know i remember that day um i uh can, do you mind if i just uh, read the tweet absolutely so you tweeted, um, it caught our eye, and we reached out to you because of this. Um, someone whom I respected deeply was abusive to me many years ago, and it made me never want to write another song again. And for seven years, I didn't. People like that should never be successful. Music is for everyone, not to be withheld for some illicit purpose. And I just want to say really quickly, that's a very brave thing to tweet out um i think it's important to note that abusive relationships can happen to anybody not just women it happens all kinds of abuse can happen to anybody and anyone can be a perpetrator so um mike we wanted to invite you onto the show to share whatever part of that story you're comfortable with um to hopefully give some other people maybe I oh gosh, just for lack of a better word, like a feeling of um, validation, maybe like people who can relate can maybe take something from it. And um, I don't know. I just guess I'll kick it back to you if that's all right. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, so really in the wake of everything having to do with Ryan Adams, the um, abuse uh, that was suffered by others uh, from him, um, those stories, man, they brought back some memories. They, uh, Those stories, everything I heard from Phoebe Bridgers, or um, I think there was, uh, there was a statement put out by even Liz Fair that didn't go into too much detail, but was saying, yes, I, I believe this because I've experienced it. These kinds of things, um, I, my heart went out to them and, and it gave me pause because I, I felt like I had been there before as well. Uh, and he, obviously not to make it all about me. I really don't want to uh, pretend that you know, I, I have the same exact experience or, and I'm very, I'm very aware that like even telling this story could be seen as like, oh, he just wants to get in on the, 
the great action by people who don't get that this this is a real horrible thing that makes music not fun for people. Um, and so, yeah, I guess I'll just start. I don't really need to couch it this this heavily. It's just, uh, I don't know, it's been tough to get to the place where I even feel like I can talk about this. I, I remember it probably took, I think, a whole week for me to say yes to your request to be on the show. Um, and it really just took that whole time to, uh, to figure this out. We appreciate you coming on. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> yeah. And sorry, I, I don't know if it was, I can't remember. I, I wasn't counting the days. We were, we were happy to wait and give you the space that you needed to, to make that decision. So yeah. appreciate that. And, and also thanks for, uh, giving me, uh, the safety to tell the story. I, I have been so impressed with, how the two of you have handled um, this subject since since Valentine's Day. Uh, listened to the subsequent episodes and just uh, felt like the thing that stands out to me about your podcast is that you're not just talking about gear, you're talking about the human element uh, in the culture. Uh, and you you haven't strayed away from addressing these kinds of things. And it's... Uh, it's so refreshing and and so yeah to 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 say yes to you was was uh kind of me vocalizing my trust uh so thank you so much we appreciate Man, that thank you that means a lot yeah yeah so i guess i guess i'll just uh, try to tell the story as best i can yeah so i grew up in pennsylvania uh and i didn't really leave the state very much until i was about 21 it was 2003 i decided i was going to go to school uh, college, actually, to be more precise. Um, in the intervening years between high school and college, I had played a lot of music, done a lot of punk shows, a lot of emo. Uh, we were like big fans, fans of Jimmy Eat World and um, that kind of thing. So yeah, that kind of music, touring, all that stuff. Music was always the thing, but college was just what you were supposed to do. Yeah. And uh, I was the first person in my family to have the opportunity to go to college. And so I took it. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, uh, my parents were very proud about that uh, because their boy had finally <laughs> given up on his his uh, designs of being a famous rock star and settled down and got an education. Uh, and they were made doubly proud by my choice of going to a Christian school in Fresno, California, um, because we were very religious. Um, I didn't want to be a pastor or anything. I, I don't know. I just found like theology very interesting. And so I, I went. You went to school um, for theology? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's oh, weird, So did right? I. Oh, hey. Huh. Hi. Yeah. Oh, so weird. This is like the only time it hasn't been weird. No, um, I'm, I, I, what schools in Fresno? I actually don't know if i know that school. uh the so the thing i went to was this uh extension of Patton university and Patton university is in oakland um right our, yep. our like what like remote campus is now defunct i think it's gone at this point um but it was this small ultra small like 40 people uh kind of school with like, yeah one of my professors uh, i went to azusa pacific university oh. and one of my professors there uh used to teach for Patton. Oh wow, jeez! Yeah, uh, who was that? The, professor? the Oakland, uh, Greg Motor. Mm, he taught at the name. Oakland campus. Weird. That's such a weird yeah. connection to have. Um, but yeah, I, I I went for theology, and I I like I said, I didn't want to be a pastor. I just found theology interesting, and so I went. Uh, I got 
pretty great grades, but the whole time really music was, was just the passion for me. And, uh, you know, I don't know, like I said, didn't want to be a pastor, but I, I loved guitar and that's what I wanted to do. Um, so after, I don't know, a month or two at school, uh, I decided that I wanted to get plugged into the Fresno scene. Uh, and I just started going to every single show that I'd heard about. Um, some of them were in coffee shops. Some of them were like open mic nights or, you know, uh, thrown together uh, events in like a, <laughs> a church all purpose room or something. Um, and after a while, uh, I just started kind of doing what I could to get noticed in the scene like you're supposed to. I would go and attend every show, stand up front, support the bands. I remember there was a band that came through um, so they didn't have any merch, but I still gave them $20. I was like, I know gas is expensive, guys. It's cool. Take it. Um, all in the hopes of like becoming a part of the scene. Um, <laughs> I was even like changing strings for people that were on stage and their strings broke, So, which I still do sometimes when I have to, but I, I haven't had to intervene in a while. I've just been able to enjoy the shows and that's been great. Um, but then, yeah, I was just making myself useful. Um, and so after a while felt like I was getting plugged in and I started asking around, I was like, who do I talk to, to start playing? Who's, who's the person that I go to, to get really plugged in book shows, all that stuff. And everybody told me the same name. Uh, and I, I won't say her whole name, but I'm just going to call her Kay. Um, Kay was this, this very interesting singer songwriter. Uh, she wasn't just well-connected. It was like she was the focal point of the whole scene. Everybody knew her. It felt like she was in charge in a lot of ways of the scene. Like, felt like shows just didn't happen without Kay being involved somehow. Um, that's that's how much, like, power she seemed to have in the Fresno scene from my short time living in Fresno. And so, I, you know, I, I, had to, I had to seek her out. I had to find out, you know, how could I get plugged in? How could I start playing? And so uh, eventually I stumbled upon her. Uh, saw she was playing a show. She was this uh, singer songwriter, played acoustic guitar and sang. And she was really good. She wrote beautiful songs and I, I loved everything she did. Um, and, you know, I introduced myself after a show. I was like, your set is amazing. Uh, I'm a guitar player too. I'm looking for people to play with. And I hear you're the person to talk to. Um, tell me what, you know, what's, what's the scene like? What's, what's going on? Can you, can you help me out? Um, and she was like, yeah, yeah, I'll help you out and introduce me to some people. Um, I played a couple shows here and there that she didn't come to, uh, but who could blame her nobody knew who I was. Um, but over the course of like a month or two, I just kept talking to her, sent her a text message, talked to her on the phone and see like, Hey, what's going on? Is there a show this weekend? What can we do? Um, and it, it seemed pretty great. Um, she didn't like, you know, open the floodgates of opportunity for me or anything, but she talked to me and I was like, all right, that's good. She's the person to talk to. Great. Um, and eventually, man, over the course of so many conversations, she finally like relented and went, all right, let's get you plugged in. What's your sound? And um, at this point, it was past Christmas break. And during Christmas break, I went home and recorded a five song, six song demo CD at my friend's house. And he had like some good stuff. So it sounded all right. Uh, and I was really proud of it. It was me and an acoustic guitar. 
singing uh, at the time. Like, admittedly, it was a little bit dashboard confessional kind of stuff, uh, a little bit more rhythmic. Um, I always liked slightly, I want to say harder sounds, but what I mean is just more rhythmically uh, emphasized. I don't know. Uh, anyway, so I I proudly presented her. I was like, "Yes, this is my sound. This is what I sound like right now, uh, like a like a little kid with a macaroni picture." I was like, "Here's my here's my great thing. Uh, I would love to hear what you think of it. Please let me play a show with you." And she was like, "Yeah, all right, cool, whatever. Uh, call me in a week, and I'll tell you what I think." And so I call her in a week. It was the next Wednesday. And she says, yeah, meet me at Starbucks. Uh, And so I go to Starbucks and I meet up with her and I bring a buddy because the school I was going to had this archaic third party rule where you couldn't be alone with a member of the opposite sex unless there was someone else there to observe. What? Mm -hmm. Super weird. And that's yeah, that's a whole other thing. Um, I mean, I went to a Christian university and that that wasn't the thing there, thankfully. Oh, I guess neither of you are hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the church I grew up in when I, uh, yeah. where I grew up in California. Wow. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was a whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, maybe that's, maybe there's another podcast in there, but, yeah, uh, it's possible, but that's right. a, that's a concept I'm, I'm very well familiar with. Yeah. So we go, we sit down at this table at Starbucks. I've got my Frappuccino. Uh, I didn't drink coffee at the time. It was only uh, those very sugary iced mocha drinks. It's a milkshake. Let's be honest. It's great. Adult milkshake. It felt so regal. Um, Anyway, so she sits down. I'm there with my buddy. We chit chat for a while and she goes, all right, here's what I think of your music. And I swallowed uh instinctively because i could feel that there was a wave coming uh to me and she looks me dead in the eye and she says i was over you the second i hit play um oh wow it's really hard to think about this she said uh her first question to me was do you read books and i said yeah i read books and she goes it doesn't sound like you read books because you sound like an idiot oh you don't sound smart your lyrics are stupid. Uh, you don't have a, a worldview. Uh, it's like <laughs> uh, it's like you're made of cardboard, I think was what she said. Uh, she said it was she said, God, it was so boring. Your guitar player sucks. And I was like, oh, that's me. She goes, well, you're playing is crap. Your your chords aren't intelligent. They all go the same place. Um, I would never play a show with you. I would be embarrassed to be on stage with you. Um, (laughs) Whoa. You shouldn't write songs. You're terrible. You don't ever write a song again because you're shit. Wow. Uh, And, man, it's it's really hard to even (laughs) say that. Um, I I don't remember the rest of that night. Uh, I remember that my buddy was still with me. I think she left first. Uh, and I, I just sat there, kind of stunned for a long time. I don't even know how long. I don't remember driving back to campus. 
uh, it's kind of like in war movies uh, when like a grenade goes off close mm-hmm. to a protagonist and there's that ear ringing people yelling and yeah, just dirt everywhere. It felt like that for a long time. Uh, and all I could, all I could really think about was you shouldn't write songs. Uh, I just kept hearing it over and over in my head and, uh, and I didn't for like seven, eight years. I walked away from it just because Um, one person was, and that just shows the impact that, that one person can have with just unbridled cruelty for no reason. And you know, the thing is, is that, I mean, yeah, it is just one person. And I'm sure that someone listening would be like, oh, just who cares what she thinks? She's just a person. Uh, but the way I was raised, uh, I mean, nothing happens in a vacuum. And so I, man, I was like raised in this ultra religious family. Um, Growing up, I had these like learning disabilities that were never diagnosed or addressed. Uh, And school was really tough for me. And my dad, my dad thought that I was stupid. Uh, I remember clearly uh, how many times we were driving, you know, either to church or a restaurant or whatever. And he would hold his right arm up with his watch on it. And he would say, son, what time is it? And I, I, it just looked like mush to me. Just like when I mm-hmm. look at music now, it all kind of runs together, written out sheet music. I can't read it. Yeah. Same thing with his watch. And he would hold it up and he would cover, or he would have mom cover the, um, the digital display on the dashboard. And I would just I'd be forced to be like, I don't know, dad. And he would turn to my mom and say, our son's an idiot. <sighs> And yeah, a learning guitar. I mean, family members would tell me I sounded terrible. Uh, my aunt used to call me a freak and that tell me that God couldn't use someone like me. Uh, I was bullied mercilessly throughout school. Like even my phys ed teacher would point me out and use me as an example to the class. He would say, don't end up like Adams, everybody. And so like depression was a thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, growing up in a religious family, like you can't get medicated, you can't get therapy because God doesn't make mistakes. And so when I left for college, I, like, you know how people go to college and they're like, great, I can figure out who I am. I can be myself. For me, I, I just thought I was getting away from all that. And there it was waiting. For right. Me. Right. Um, right. <sighs> yeah. So that sucked. Uh, and when she told me not to write anymore, like I felt like I didn't have a choice I just didn't yeah I used to write songs all the time and were they good like the majority weren't like let's not pretend I wasn't I wasn't Elton John like cranking out hit after hit but like it made me happy and it was something I felt like I was pretty good at and I know I had some good ones I know I had some stuff to say yeah um and I could have improved but she didn't really leave space for that it was this condemnation that you're you're done you're never gonna be better you may as well give up and i yeah i did well, especially if she ran the, the scene in that town and that's where you're going to school it's not like you're just gonna transfer schools to a new town and try to start yeah. over that's just yeah that's hard yeah someone who had power and wielded it that way 
yeah. So, so when I heard the Ryan Adams news and I heard uh, about, um, I don't remember her name, but the, the woman who never played a show again. Never played another gig, yeah. That absolutely broke my heart and I was furious. Yeah. Um, because that happened to me. And that's not what music is. Music, like I said in the tweet, is for everybody. It is supposed to be this wonderful communal thing where people get together and create Um I remember uh, the first time I heard Jeff Tweedy's uh, Sunken Treasure mm-hmm. or watched the DVD and he has that bit where he goes off on people in the audience talking because you're supposed to be together and experience like that. That is the best part of music. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. everything to me. I love that. Um, I love that part. Yeah. <laughs> same here. Y- you can't hear me. It's because you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Uh, yeah. The, but this happens, but gatekeeping happens. It doesn't matter who is the gatekeeper. This kind of thing, that's not a scene. That's that's a death sentence. Man, and it doesn't even matter what the gate is. I mean, did you hear Ryan Adams' defense that he's like, I can't make or break a career? Well, does it matter? I mean, like there was someone yeah. in my life who, you know, he was recording my music and he just kept putting it off and he just kept putting it off and taking off more people's projects. So when I begged him, like give me back the recordings so I can give them to someone else so that someone else can finish them. He wouldn't, he just kept them and it, he didn't even finish them until I, I met my husband until I stopped giving him what he wanted attention and other things. And, um, I didn't write for years because if I think I said this either on the last episode or on let him hear with Adam Roar, if the person who's supposed to love me doesn't give a shit about my music, then who will? Yeah. Yeah. So that, um, that combined with some other things, like I kind of minored in songwriting in college and it was kind of a commercial songwriting program and I'm not a commercial songwriter. Um, Mm -hmm. that was maybe less of an issue, but, you know, still kind of one of those lingering things. I know that program broke a lot of people who made music. Um, Mm -hmm. but just this experience that I had, and I always tell people like, uh, don't, don't let your boyfriend produce your music. Just don't do it. Yeah. (laughs) I can go wrong. For me, uh, music is just like, like 100% on board with the, uh, the whole music is supposed to be this communal thing because it's very much about a, um, to know and to be known, uh, kind of aspect of it. I think that's just basic human nature. That's something that we, we all desire is to know and to To be be known. known, That's just a very heard. Right. And for that to get, I mean, that's, that's just so basic. And it's, that I, I really, for me, um, as someone who who still claims Christ, that just really sucks to hear that that's what you're trying to get away from, and then that's what you're followed up with, and just the inability, the seeming inability to escape yeah. that um, the the and escape the ignorance of your worth, because I mean you're obviously worth you're you're great. I mean, um, you're a great player everybody's great yeah. thanks guys but uh that i i i i'm stumbling over my words i i it's such a 
hard I'll just say that even about. if someone's not yeah. great, that kind of language is never acceptable. Like if you, it's like, I don't believe necessarily that you have nothing nice to say. You shouldn't say anything, but cruelty with, uh, it's not okay. It, it's just not like, I just feel like even if someone is giving you cruelty, it's not necessarily okay to match that. Um, like, if someone just wants to create art, And if it's not your thing, then it's not your thing. And that's fine. But to say such terrible things about someone else's art, like, who are you to judge in that way? The, uh, the thing now that I'm, I've said this out loud (laughs) for the first time in a long time. uh, One thing that stands out to me is that the, you know, if, say go back to the lyrics thing that was the thing that cut me the deepest um maybe my lyrics weren't good and maybe they needed some improvement but there's that pronouncement you should never write songs you're terrible i will contrast that directly with uh, a couple years ago uh my friend sean sean t uh started playing drums for uh, David Bazan and Pedro the Lion, and he started inviting me to shows when they played in Southern California. And I finally got to meet Dave. Well, again, meet Dave. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, and he's one of my favorite songwriters ever. Uh, the stuff that mm-hmm. that guy tackles in in three minutes of music is, oh, it, it just it just hits me so hard. And so we talked for a long time and it was really cool that he knew who I was. He's like, Oh, you're the guitar guy that I follow on, on the Instagram or whatever. Um, and he had a bunch of guitar questions and then I had some for him and I, I confessed to him. I was like, I feel like lyrics are the hardest thing for me. And I, I don't know, I don't know when I'm done. I don't know all of this. And instead of like saying, well then maybe you shouldn't be writing songs. He went, Oh, I know exactly what you need to do. You need to read this book. Uh, this book that helped me it's by this uh, Berkeley educator and and you got to pick this thing up I can't even remember the title right now but he was like you got to try that he didn't like need to hear how bad my lyrics might be he was like hey someone wants to get better here's how I shared his knowledge like there's there's a fundamental difference between completely ripping someone apart for no good reason and you know, leaving space for someone who may not be the best songwriter in the yeah. world. Like the, it's just basic human empathy and kindness. Uh, and Kay possessed none of that in that evening. And I, I don't know. It, co- it costs I mean, nothing to be kind. Yeah. Like she doesn't have to, no one has to give up, you know, all of their own resources and all of their emotional labor, but being kind to someone who just wants to be good and wants to do better and earnestly wants to work for something, it, it costs nothing. It should be the easiest thing in the world. Unless like the, the only reason to tear somebody down for no reason is to make yourself feel better and how small you must be that that's how you feel bigger. Hmm. Yeah. Something that we talk about in the show quite a bit is uh this idea that we're all in this together and that the best part of this community, the gear community, this music community is that we all do stand up for each other uh, in large pockets of this. And uh, 
obvious like it's there's not enough pockets that do this but i want to see everybody joining together we're supposed to build each other up i mean that's just nothing happens in a vacuum no one develops that kind of joy and passion for just randomly there's always more to it and so there's like we want to nurture like these are that's the kind of thing that we want to nurture that we love that we're excited about and talent or not like build someone up i mean that's just give them the tools that they need or share what you can we're we're all in this together and that's something that yeah. uh, i'm a, a firm believer in and very much committed to yeah. agreed agreed yeah nice well mike thank you so much for for sharing that story i think it's important for for everyone to hear um I guess, I guess kind of as many stories as possible. Um, just cause I know there are definitely other people who have experienced that exact same thing. And I want to say to those people listening, like that's not right. If somebody said that to you, I don't need to hear your music to, to tell you that that person is wrong. Like there's always something redemptive in art. Um, and if you don't want to take the time or energy to, to find it, then you shouldn't be critiquing it. Cheers to that. Yeah. Indeed. Cheers. Nice. Oh, that was solemn. Yeah. No, no, it was great. (laughs) How dare you? Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm sure that wasn't, I'm sure that wasn't easy. That, that kind of thing. It just says so much about how those things stick with you and, how like a moment of cruelty, like you don't know what else is going on in someone's life. Um, yeah. What they've experienced. Like you don't, you don't know anybody. Like, like there's that quote, um, like the heart of another is always a dark forest, no matter how close it has been to one's own. Yeah. Um, that's Willa Cather. <clears throat> I, yeah, nerdy. Um, but <laughs> you don't know what's going on in someone's life it doesn't, it means something that can be innocuous to you can really hurt somebody else. It's like going back to that whole idea of a trigger warning, um, or a content warning, like just because you don't think it's necessary doesn't mean it's not necessary. Like to, to try to just err on the side of like helping out people. It's, it takes so little effort in actuality to develop that kind of habit of, just doing little things that can bring more good into the world instead of bad. And I, I don't want to be too preachy. I mean, I can be a bitch. I'm not going to lie. Um, I can be quick to get mad. I'm the first person to apologize. I'm the first person to say on, when I was wrong. And um, I, I think that doesn't make it okay even when when I go too far or when I express cruelty. But um it's something i've been trying to work on my whole life and i just hope that everyone can help hold me to that um i just you know i i want to be a better person i want everyone to to shoot for that too because being better you know being good is hard but being better is incremental if that makes sense that makes sense. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I'm being stalked by my you, cat. <laughs> you know, the other thing that I'm thinking about now that I've vocalized this whole 
really painful chapter um, is that your quote about the the heart as a forest uh, and it's unknowable no matter how close their forest is to yours um, that that applies to K as well I I don't harbor any like anger or resentment toward her I don't wish her ill um, and I also don't know what was going on for her like there there's a very real sense uh, as we're talking about this as the whole Ryan Adams thing is playing out that that culturally there is a, a lot of gatekeeping that goes on in the music world and you know who, who's to say that somebody didn't do that to her she didn't have to like I don't know pull herself up by the bootstraps and do all the right yeah. things and then talk to the person in her scene who was the the ringleader the person that made or break make made or broke i've never said it in the past yeah, in the past right. tense. Yeah, that's very yeah. weird huh. very weird the person who made or broke yeah uh people in the scene uh so i mean it's a very real thing that happens mm. it's a very real part of the experience of musicians and it shouldn't be it doesn't have to be like that you don't have to you know, think, as you said before, that, uh, you know, that's the way it's always been. Uh, you don't have to defend real abuse yeah. by by pointing out that you also went through that and you should just toughen up. Like, that's, it doesn't have to be exactly. like that. But maybe, maybe it was like that for Kay. And, yeah. you know, I don't know. I doubt I will ever run into her again. Um, but... I don't know where I'm I doubt going, she's so, listening, but if she is, like, I'm cu- I'm oh curious boy. to hear her side of it. I guess, like, what made you the way that you are? Next week on Get Offset. Why? Can why are you the way that you are? Turning into like a Gordon Ramsay style kitchen oh. nightmares, guitar nightmares. I love- she calls in and it goes off the hook. You should do voice work. I did while I lived in Seattle and I've been what? meaning to get back to it. It's been crazy. Yeah, I did. I did some video oh, games man. in Seattle, um, mostly like puzzles or casual games, but I would, I would get called in to, to be the hero. Like, Hello. Like that guy, that yeah. guy who's sexy and, and strong. And he's like, I've got you. I'll pull you up. That Dang, kind of that stuff. That was so good. Or, um, yeah. Uh, or Mike Adams, Mike voiceover Adams. expert. Hire me. Um, Or one of my favorite roles that I've had, uh, one of my favorite roles was a seven foot tall anthropomorphic crow uh, who was like serving the the antagonist of the video game and he would swoop in and go, my master is pleased. (laughs) That kind of stuff. Love that stuff. Or um, uh, I was a clockwork fairy once, a little fairy made of like brass gears. And she talked like Oh man, that's come over here, over here. Well, I'm officially impressed. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I love that work. Um, This is like a pop cap or something. It was uh, so it was contracted out mainly. I didn't have to go to many recording studios at like uh, developers, but uh, there was a team that I was so graciously let on of like professional actors. 
Um, and they they invited me into their ranks and gave me, you know, weird bit parts. And it was the most fun thing ever. Um, that sounds that sounds so awesome. It's super fun to go on YouTube and watch walkthroughs of some of those games and and hear myself. And it's so weird. It's so weird. But I love the work. I love characters so, so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's a yeah. little bit about me. That's super cool. <laughs> I got to well, get back into that. You're right. I should do that. Do it. You should. And before we get too far off the topic real quick, I just wanted to say uh, that <sighs> the compassion that you have for all people involved in the situation that we've talked about today, including Kay, uh, that's really admirable. I just wanted to call that out. That's super awesome. Oh, thanks for pointing uh, yeah, that, that that's out. Really, that's really hard. That's, <sighs> that is uh, not the characteristic of uh, of a beta, as, <clears throat> as I've been... I've, as I've heard casually thrown around on the internet way too often this month. It is so gross to hear people say upset. beta in the real world. I thought that only I, happened on message boards and Twitter. I've never heard someone say beta mail, mail out loud. It's just, oh, it's I, so I, gross. I have. And it's, you just kind of look at them like, really? <sighs> like, Whoa. I'm, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Do people really say that in public and not get laughed out of the building? They do. <sighs> it's really Gross. strange. I don't know. Ugh, oh, gosh, I just want them to stop killing us. Nothing about <laughs> you having Man. had the the character and the, the strength to go and tell the story. And to, at the end, even at the end of it, still say, I wish no ill will. I mean that is that takes a character uh, that's yeah. not common. Well, as I've had as it should be. What is it? Twenty nineteen. I've had fifteen years to think about it. Fifteen years. Oh my god, I'm yeah, so old. Some people go their whole lives holding on to this kind of thing. Yeah. Oh <sighs> lord, like I remember, like people um, for my high school ten year reunion. Uh, oh. They made a Facebook group and they invited everybody was like added to the Facebook group. And some dude goes on this enormous tirade about like someone who was kind of mean ish to him in high school. I'm like, man, if you're still feeling that way about that, like, please get yourself some therapy. Like you should talk to somebody about this because that's not healthy. And that's not helpful. And that's the moment when you untag yourself in that post. <laughs> you slowly That's back the away. moment where you leave that group. <laughs> you know, uh, another weird story. Um, uh, one of, one of my greatest nemeses in school uh, contacted me back in 2012. Uh, and it was so weird to hear from him. This is, this is, uh, a guy who beat me up a lot. I, I remember one time I was just walking in the playground, minding my own business. And he swung from, uh, like a, like a, a monkey bars. I think that we called them. Uh, he swung from that and kicked me in the face and th yeah, this guy, terrorized me and he reached out to me in 2012 and was like hey if you're ever back in your hometown i'd love to hang out and grab a beer and i don't know what possessed me <laughs> to say yes to that but i was about to go home and i was like all right let's go to this bar i like and he was like cool i'll meet you there and i walk in and there he is looking honestly like just as good as he did in high school like that dude was cut and and Adonis, uh, just, just a beautiful man. So it was nice to it was nice to see that he held up. 
Um, so I get there, grab a beer, and he sits me down, and he goes, hey, I've been thinking about this since high school. I'm so sorry for how I treated you, and especially that time I kicked you in the face. I think about that every day. Oh, man, and that must not have been easy for him. It wasn't. It was yeah. It was this incredible moment where he explained, you know, he was like, you don't have to forgive me, but here's what was going on. This is why I was a jerk to you all those years, and uh, I, I am sorry. I don't deserve uh forgiveness for this but that's me and now we talk once in a while if that's not the weirdest thing (laughs) yeah i mean like hurt people hurt people and kids are awful and all that but you turn into adults and you look back i mean i've had some some people who just terrorized me in like middle school like serious sexual harassment stuff and they reached out to me like years later, like on Facebook or whatever, and I would just respond, you know, thanks for saying that. Please just don't message me again. Yeah. Which yeah. is also totally all right. I've fun. done that to, I did that to someone before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was just terrible experience. And they reached out a couple of years later and they're, I'm so sorry. I've realized that why I was doing these things. And I, I'm so sorry. Is there any way I can make it up to you? And, uh, yeah. I want to try. I want to give it a redo. Let's be friends again. I was like, I, oh. you know, I pr- I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I'm not at a point in my life where I feel like I have the capacity to try and build a new friendship with you at this point. And I don't know that ship's kind of sailed, but I'm sorry. I I'm in a different yeah. place in life, and so I, I don't. It's like, it doesn't make sense to like, why we don't need to have a relationship now. Like when we were kids or whatever, we were in the same school. So we were forced together, but we're adults now. Like there's no reason for it. And that's like, I don't know. I feel that way about some family members who have reached out to me in adulthood. I'm like, well, you know, this is not the time to try. I don't know. I just, I'm just not interested in it. It might sound cold, but, um, I think that's another part of self-care for everyone's self-care is different mm-hmm. for some people. It, it might be like, yeah, sure. Let's talk it out and have a good relationship or at least some sort of relationship for me. It's like, I've had to have those practices of just uh, breaking up with friends because mm-hmm. it wasn't healthy. And sometimes I go back later and I can rekindle that and we're stronger than ever. And it's like, we never stop talking. And then others, it's like, you know, I just don't, I don't need it. And I don't think they need it. And I just, it doesn't feel necessary. Yeah. It's there's no reason to, to not go backward. And yeah. you don't have to justify you needing to take care of your basic uh, emo- emotional uh, holistic needs that's just yeah. something that we don't need to we shouldn't have to apologize or justify as humans um, yeah 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 i mean it's like yeah like my my college person who with the music and stuff i don't wish him ill will i don't i don't want his life to be destroyed um we were young and i don't fully think that he knew what he was doing but I also don't feel the need to ever reach out to him again. Yeah. 
I just, he has his life. He's married. He has a kid and that's great. Fine. Um, I have my life. I'm married and have my cat. I'm happy. I hope he's happy. I've moved past, you know, some of what happened. I can't get back, you know, what could have been, but I don't think it matters because I am where I am Hmm. and I feel very comfortable with that. Like any other change in the road wouldn't have led me to where I am right now. Hmm. Right. Hmm. Well, I think we should maybe wrap things up a little bit. Yes. I'm enjoying this conversation. We're just going to, we're going to wrap up the episode and we're going to, I'm sure we're going to talk for a little bit longer after we're recording, but this has been an an episode of the most excellent order. It has. And and Mike, I hope that you come back and we can talk about just joyous things. Yay. Next time we'll talk about nice things that are fluffy. We'll talk about theme park deaths. Oh my gosh. Let's let's do an odd jobs episode. Uh, oh, yes. uh, I used to, your, your, your death count made me think of, uh, I used to work at a casket factory. What? Uh, yeah. York casket. I'm, uh, sorry, I'm pretty sure I just clipped there, but what? Yeah, you probably did, but it's worth it. It's worth clipping for that. Yeah. That's a, it's a, oddly enough, that's where I learned some of my woodworking skills. Um, and it, it's sense. it's the weirdest job I've ever had, or maybe you start not. Making coffin coffin cases for guitars. Ew! Speaking of booth babes, <laughs> oh, that that booth at Nam is always the worst. And it's there's a line of weird dudes just waiting to take pictures with these like six foot tall goth women. Oh uh, no! It's not even what I was thinking about. I was thinking about like the old Martin style coffin guitar cases. Oh, oh, that would that would have been better. No, my mind immediately goes to coffin case company. Yeah, uh, that's that's where my mind went to as well. <laughs> okay, unfortunately, you're not alone. <laughs> no, the Martin coffin cases are wonderful, and there's nothing seedy about them at all. You could even <laughs> say they're a killer. <laughs> they're killer. They're killer. They're killer, bro. Oh my god. So righteous. So righteous. (laughs) Well, to everyone out there listening, um, thanks for listening and thanks for understanding. Uh, Once again, I'm Emily. I'm Andrew. Uh, I'm Mike. I took a sip of my beer. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. All right. Uh, Well, goodbye. Bye.